Welcome to Level 7, Episode 110. It's a comic episode. We're talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. Issue Number 8 and Hail Hydra Issue Number 1. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, 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 time travelers. Oh, wrong podcast, uh, but right subject matter. This is not the comic book time machine, which is another podcast that Daniel and I do that is talking about comic books. But this is an episode of Welcome to Level 7 where we are talking about the comic book, the printed page, the uh, sequential narration of story. And we are here to talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. issue number eight which on the cover looks like something that the person who's being silent right now would really, really enjoy. And that person is. Hey girl. (laughs) Daniel's here. And I'm Ben, Ben Avery and Daniel. We don't have any news to talk about. We don't have any feedback. We just have one thing to do. And that is our mission. Are you ready to do it? Let's jump into it, buddy. All right. I'm ready to talk about some comics. It has been a long, long week. And a long, long day at work. And uh, I've just been thinking, you know what? Tonight I get to get on the microphone and talk with my buddy about comics. That's what we do here, man. I mean, we survived the Fantastic Four. Now we've got comics. <laughs> I don't know. That's quite the word I would use. But let's go ahead. Let's let's talk comics, man. Mission report. All right, Daniel. So we're only talking about uh, two comics, although we are going to talk about um, something after the credits that's not so much related to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it is a Marvel thing. Um, But that'll be after the credits, and we'll talk about it briefly. But yeah, we're here to talk about episode, not episode, issue eight, which is titled No Angel. Which means... Oh, she's an angel. Well, I was just going to say, Daniel, it means that my favorite X-Man is not going to be in this episode. Because there is no angel. You know, I'm kind of jokey-jokey about Mockingbird being in here and Agent Coulson team up. This really isn't an issue that is jokey-jokey. This is a very serious issue when you think about it. It is, but look at the cover, Daniel. I know, it's look a, at a that bombastic cover. fight. It's a bombastic fight. Uh, you've got dialogue being kind of written in graffiti kind of style behind the characters. There's a bunch of thugs and there's a there's a Batman style pow coming from Melinda May's foot connecting with a dude with a tattoo on his neck's jaw. And there's uh gonna smash your skull, you piece of arg. And then there's one broke my nose, she broke my nose, and and look at Mockingbird's face, Daniel. Look at her face. She's so happy. She is joyful. She is joyful. I mean, the hallelujah chorus could be played behind her to express how she feels right now as she's busting some chops, man. She's busting some chops. Her, Melinda May. And this cover, we've seen it. We've seen it before, Daniel. And when you saw it, you said to yourself, they made this one for me. 
They did. They made the last two for me. The Quake issue and now this one. But again, this is this in tone is a very, very serious issue. I mean, the, the entire theme of this issue is human trafficking. It's yeah. I mean, that's literally uh, no, that's metaphorically what they are literally talking about. Is yeah, that- I, they're they're using kids that are getting themselves enhanced which obviously is not something that's going on in our world. People aren't adding wings to their bodies. But, I mean, they are – Colson is trying to deal with basically slave traders that are modifying children, uh, young adults, I should say, to mm-hmm. either be slaves or mercenaries. And uh, we're talking about – I mean, they call it straight out sex crimes occurring in this book. Uh, they well, not occurring drugging. in the book, but hint, being hinted at. Yeah, it's and really – Colson is fighting a very serious problem, one that makes Mockingbird and May very, very angry. Well, and, and we'll get into it. I mean, the plot, we, we don't like to spoil things. Uh, we do like to t- talk in generalities about this story um, and then and then about the themes and stuff that are going on, but we don't like to give away the ending necessarily. Uh, basically, what you have going on is an investigation by the team, the team in this case being Colson, Mockingbird, and May. And they are investigating uh, the this a body that they that was found, and it's it's this body enhancement that kids are are getting involved in, um, and so they are going to try and find out, uh, investigate, find out where are they going uh, to get this done, and how are you know, what's happening to them after it gets done, and what's happening is you know they they find some thugs, uh, and they use Lola. <laughs> And Bobby as bait to get the thugs to come over. Um, did you notice, by the way, in the background, there's a tattoo parlor? This, I'm not sure what page this is on, the page number, but it's where they are uh, first meeting Tiny. Yeah, meeting meeting him. <laughs> there's a tattoo parlor, and it's <laughs> called Aces, right? It's not but spelled it's, that way. Well, it's spelled A-S-E-S, so it would be pronounced Aces. Uh, but... Then you look below it, and it has um, the symbol for clubs, you know, the card suit. I would not go to a tattoo parlor that misspelled their own name because one way or another, that window has been misspelled. Well, dude, have you ever been to a tattoo parlor? (laughs) I have not. But I know I would not go to one that has a misspelled window that is there forever to get a misspelled tattoo that will be there forever. You may not believe this about me, but I once spent six hours in a tattoo parlor in San Francisco. They have a book in tattoo parlors of bad tattoos. You know what the number one thing you'll find in the bad tattoo book is? Bad tattoos? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Misspellings? Misspellings. Yeah. No, I I haven't looked at a tattoo book, but I actually do get a little bit of... a little bit of glee when uh, it shows up on my, my Facebook book thread where oh hey there's some messed up tattoos and yeah poor decision making you you got if you're gonna have that done i'm not saying getting a tattoo is poor decision making i'm saying if you're gonna have a tattoo you better go to the right person because that's there forever but anyway minor minor nitpick let's just let's just say the tattoo that i was with my friend that he was getting it had the word through in it and they spelled it thou no we caught it beforehand. Okay, good. I'm not as much of a speller, but even I caught that one. 
I was like, dudes, you're missing something. Let me call the wire first just so we can laugh at you. So we get Lola action, and this is probably the only jokey-jokey is is how they use Lola to get information from the thug. But then they use that information for Bobby and May to go in to basically this underground surgeon who is they're, – they're not just modifying them, these these kids. They're also drugging them, making them more aggressive. And I will say, and I, I think this is fair to say without being too spoilery, this is probably the first time where the main action has really not included Agent Coulson in Agent Coulson team-up. Yes, this is a May-Bobby team-up going off on the mission. Uh, Coulson's involved, but then as they're they're doing that, the, the thing that they have to face, and this is Bobby's dilemma, and I think I'm going to stop here uh, and, and explain the dilemma without the solution. So that we're not, again, we're not um, giving away too much. But her dilemma is, how do I fight these drug-powered kids who are probably coming to fight us against their will? And she doesn't want to. She's there to help them, not to fight them. So she has to find a way around it. Then at the end, we do have one more scene that is another big twist where Coulson is the master planner. Yep. Coulson proves that he's Coulson. Yeah. And and so there's still that element of Coulson doing the Coulson stuff at the end. And it's a nice little twist. Um, but yeah. And so that's it in a nutshell. And I do have opinions about this, Daniel. I do have opinions. One is this is deep uh, or heavy. This is heavy stuff. We're yes, it is. On. This is very heavy. I this is almost deep. a call to action. Um, the It's a surface level kind of depth. But it's a surface level that says, hey, pay attention. This is stuff that, you know, we're, we're doing a fantasized version of it. But there's real, there, there's a metaphorical uh, allegory for the reality here. And, yeah, I was not expecting it based on the cover. <laughs> the cover, I expected it to be Melinda and Bobby going into battle and trading one-liners and and maybe you know as they're when they get done with the battle there's some sort of twist why are things not what they seem oh this is the twist but then colson was ready for it that's not it at all it's it's this heavy subject matter it's a deep story uh, again, with I, real I, world application there is but i don't know if i would call it deep so should I begin to complain about canon then, since we've already credited Mark Wade here with saying that this is a good story that's ripped from today's headlines? Mark Wade said that? No, no. Oh. I, I mean, it is clearly that type of story. Yes, it is that definitely that type of story. So right. what's so should I get complaining now? I do have some complaints can, too. Can I get up? Can I be a hot mess? Sure. I'm not going to get in the way of that. I never have before. At the conclusion mm -hmm. of Secret Avengers Volume 2 by Nick Spencer and Alice Cott, three people who are S.H.I.E.L.D. fugitives are meeting at a diner. Those three people are, oh, by the way, this is spoilers, Bucky Barnes, Daisy Johnson, and Bobby Morris. The next to last frame has the following lines. I'm Bobby Morris. I'm saying we're free agents. Final panel. We can go 
anywhere we want. So apparently wherever she wanted was right back to S.H.I.E.L.D. Or this is post-Secret Wars, and but, we don't know what the, the setup is for this Okay, that's fair. This team. That's fair. Because I'm not seeing anything... I'm just saying this book, between Daisy's emergence and now this, Mark Wade is in general ignoring what happened in the Marvel 616 and just doing whatever he wants. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah, he allows because him to tell the story he wants to tell. For for me, as someone who is not reading the stuff that you've been reading, this series has been f- refreshing and fun, and I feel like I can enjoy this without knowing what's going on around the. In, in, I'm just saying that one universe. of the biggest biggest things that the problem with the end of a comic book story, a, a series, is a lot of times they leave you these things that never get resolved. One of the things that I would have loved to have seen resolved is we've got this band of three here. Daisy, Bucky, Mockingbird. They should have been a secret, secret Avengers. Now, Bucky got his own book. Quake joined him for a, for at least a bit. Canceled, I'm assuming, now that t- that book. But, but Bobby was never part of that. And I really wanted to see where these three were going to go. Apparently, they... Two out of three just go back to shield. Yeah, and and one goes cosmic. Yeah, but yeah, that's not my problem with this issue, honestly, because I, I'm not reading any of that stuff and I haven't read any of that stuff. I can understand though the frustration because there is an element going on here of is this in its own continuity? Is this like, um. Well, is this like the Electric Company magazine that I used to get when I was a kid where it had Spider-Man stories, but they were just Spider-Man stories that had no connection other than here's characters that you already know and we're going to have them do the things you've seen them do and they're not going to act out of character. They're not going to have anything happen that pushes anything forward or reveals anything new and really... You know, it's not even going to go along with continuity at all because it's its own thing. And I've this 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 book occupies kind of that realm for me. That realm of it's its own thing. It's beside continuity, and it just uses what you know about these characters to say, "Oh yeah, cool, Invisible Woman. I know her. Let's see an adventure with her." And you don't have to know what's going on with her in current continuity. You just have to know who she is or be introduced to her. Or let yourself be introduced to her. It certainly feels that way, Ben. It certainly feels that way. So it'd be interesting to see where it goes. Because we do have, uh, in October, I believe it is, we're getting a weekly series. Yep. Uh, and that's kind of tied in with the timing. Is it September? I thought it may have been September. Okay. But it's tied in with the timing of the end of Secret Wars. And in the new S.H.I.E.L.D. book, I'm assuming. Yeah. And Secret Wars is something that's reshaping the entire Marvel Universe on the comics side of things. And I don't know exactly how that's going to work. I don't know exactly where it's going to go. But when all is said and done, I could honestly see them just saying, yeah, issue one of S.H.I.E.L.D. It took place after Secret Wars. And so it's part of this new current continuity. Or... 
they could just say, yeah, we're just doing our own thing, telling our own stories, and it doesn't really matter what continuity is because this is its own thing and its own little side pocket of 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 storytelling that's going to be really for people who like the superheroes and like the TV show. They could certainly do that. It'd be fair. Yeah. I just would like them to tell me that they're doing that. That would be ben, nice. Should, should agents read this book? I don't know. It's a nice, it's a nice standalone. It is, but they all have been. I mean, other than the last two, you know, issue five and six of that first story arc, um, which are in the collection, which came out recently. They, they did a collection so you can get the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or rather the title is S.H.I.E.L.D. graphic novel uh, it's titled Perfect Bullets. Um, that that graphic novel is available for you to get on your shelf. And uh, I would say, though, this is not one that I would say run out and grab this. You've you got to read this. This is so good. This is a great Coulson story or anything like that. It's it's a decent enough story. It has a nice little twist. The ending, the the final ending that Coulson does his thing, it kind of, you know, we talk about Chekhov's blank on the show a lot, where if you put something on the shelf, you know, on the stage in the first act, or on the wall rather, on, on the first act, you got to use it by the by the third act. And that was something that, that um, Chekhov, the, the Russian playwright, said about, storytelling you know you put the gun on the wall first act the gun needs to go off in the third act and there's basically the thing the gun that goes off in the third act is something that they talk about and unless i miss something i don't i don't know something they talk about as the third act is happening assuming that you it's like well what about this that i hadn't i they never mentioned before well this is what we're doing with that and it's a nice little uh, twist based on what the theme is here, but it kind of came out of left field for me. Like, I don't even remember them talking about that before. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I just glossed over it. Maybe this is like me, um, you know, being Daniel watching daredevil when there's subtitles or something. Wow. um, (laughs) Hurtful. Yeah. Well, you know, you deserve it after what you said. No way. I forgave you. But anyway, um, this is not one I'd say run out and grab. It is one that if you're buying the series, you're not going to be disappointed. It's still part of the series. Um, but this is a very serious comic title. It is. Right? The it issue. Is. Very it's a, serious issue. It's that very special episode of Blossom kind of special. It is. You know, or, Starring Clark Gregg. Or uh, Different Strokes where you know they meet the, the bicycle shop owner who invites them up to the apartment and to show them his, quote, comic books. And... Uh, Arnold escapes and Dudley's still there or something. I, I think it was Arnold escaped and Dudley was, why am I talking about different strokes? Daniel, sorry. Pull know, me out of this. Pull, pull me out else. of this. Should we talk about Hail Hydra? So, so I'm going to tell you a story, Ben. Tell me a story. So I was picking up in the months of uh, July and the beginning of August, all of the secret war tie in books that had an agents of shield variant cover. I actually got some good deals this time. You'd almost be proud of me, Ben. Almost. And these are the ones that had the artwork that they produced for every episode in the second half of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Uh, they did a so, basically a poster that go along with every episode of the second half of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And instead of spending 100 bucks, I spent 6 to get it as a comic book. Now, usually when I buy these, I don't read them. I just buy them for the art. 
because when I they've always done it in the past, they've been part of an ongoing story. I didn't want to jump in the middle of something. So I just bagboard it, put it where I keep my art pieces for me to enjoy them. But these were all issue number ones. So I didn't take out the digital codes. But I did read them. All right, there's the setup. One of those was Hail Hydra, number one. Now, Ben, if you were to ask me to go through a detailed plot by plot, page by page summary, it's not going to happen. You want to know why? Why? I'm not opening the bag. <laughs> okay. Bag and boarded, buddy. Bag and boarded. It's an art piece, not a comic. Art piece. You're making but me we, sad, but okay. Yeah. But we, we talked to whatever I. Uh, I talked about this with you. It it sounded like uh, you were interested in it. I was a little interested in it. And there is a definite reason why we're reading it for this podcast episode. And that is that this comic features the first comic book appearance outside of an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, car commercial comic. All right. Well, okay. So let's but, let's do a quick let's do a quick synopsis of this book. And then we'll talk about the appearance. Well, and that's, so what, that's if, what I was saying is that that was the first thing was that appearance. Yeah. But then the storyline itself, I was a little bit curious about it. Not enough to have picked it up on my own before you told me who was in it. But so um, this is part of Secret World Wars. So this is part of Battle World. And basically in Battle World, different Marvel universes have all been combined into one planet ruled by its god, Dr. Doom. In one of these worlds. A member of the Marvel 616 finds himself emerging, and it is Nomad Ian Rogers, the son of Steve Rogers. The adopted and son of Steve He's Rogers. the adopted son. He comes from Dimension Z. He's, do you want me to spoil it for you? I already know. He, he He's is, actually Zola's kid. Yeah, his, his father is Arnim Zola. That's his, that's his biological but he was father. Raised, but he was raised by Steve Rogers yeah. in, a time, in a dimension where time was compressed, and so – he was able to raise him the entire time, but it was just minutes or days or whatever. It was a short period of time in our world. But years but, there. Yeah, but it was years and years and years there that they lived together. It almost sounds like cable, for heaven's sakes. But anyway, um, so he's come out of Dimension Z as a fully formed adult, and he has taken on one of the mantles of his father, Nomad, and he, for a while, before Secret Wars, was partnering with Captain America, or Captain Falcon, um, Sam Wilson. Apparently, there was some fight that I haven't read about, and it was thought that Ian would died. It was some fight against Hydra. He went into something called, like, an infinite elevator. And when he came out, he was on Battleworld. Now, the, the land that he has dropped into in Battleworld is a version of New York City. But it's one which is um, actually ran by and controlled by Hydra. So we have a young man who's a hero who has all of Steve Rogers' moral compass, but he lives in a, a world of Hydra. And it's, it's one of those nice uh, dystopic future kind of things. Well, and the way I've looked at it is it's a man out of time morally because hydra really does run this land under the great god dr doom 
it's okay for villains to run a war, a, a land as long as they don't cause trouble. Yeah, they, so, uh, the, they've been the assigned are all this on time. Chunk. They are the legitimate law, but I mean, this has got Hydra's beliefs on uh, population control. Hydra's beliefs on purity and perfection, and he's dropped into this. He's literally the man morally out of time. It, I mean, it's a police state, and it, it, there's definitely Nazi imagery using the the Hydra symbol. Um, and then there's that dystopic future where they have you know police out you know in flying machines uh, looking for people who are breaking curfew and stuff like that. And you know, it, it's an interesting setup. I'm trying to decide if I'm interested enough to buy issue two. Well, and um. But before I tell you how I feel about that, the other thing Ian is dealing with is his is destiny. Destiny is heavy in the theme. He's the son of two fathers, a, bio, a biological father in Zola and a, a, a nature, what do I want, an adoptive father and, and Steve Rogers. Yeah, so that, that's the nurture. And, and and so Zola he is really nature, is debating yeah. nature versus nurture. Which father does he truly take over after? And again, when you're dropped into a world in which one father's moral philosophy dominates it and one father's moral philosophy is counter to it, it makes that tension even more acute. And there's an interesting twist at the end. Again, this being a comic episode, we're not spoiling the whole thing because we're assuming you haven't read these rather than the television episodes where we assume you've viewed the episode you you've seen it um but there's a nice twist at the end that goes along with that nature versus nurture and who am i and that's the thing that twist at the end is is the one thing that i'm trying to decide is that enough of a hook to bring me back because it's a really interesting hook it really and i will i'll say i'm actually considering this in trade so I can read the whole arc in one sitting. That would make sense. That would make sense. Now, this is not the 616 universe. And no. I don't, and when Secret Wars is done and the universe has been rebuilt into a actual universe, it's not just battle world with all these, you know, different nation states. Um, and S.H.I.E.L.D. Of, don't forget S.H.I.E.L.D. exists in battle world. It does? Yeah, it's a giant S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a giant wall. To keep out the zombies, oh, the Ultrons, yeah. and the ant people. Yeah, that's they're they're kind of going Game of Thrones on that. But um, with with uh, w- with this, when it's all packed back together, I don't know what they're going to call it. If it's going to be still called the MCU six one six, but uh, not MCU the the, the Marvel the Marvel six one six, um, and so that's where okay, this is not six one six. This is Battle World, but this is our first glimpse in the comics continuity outside of television continuity in a comic. So of a person of a character, and do we spoil? Do we never say who appealed it is? in Shield. Never appeared in Shield. No, he has not appeared in the comic. In the comic. Yet. He has not appeared as a character working with Coulson in the Marvel comic. It's Agent Ward. Agent a Ward Hydra agent is a Hydra oh. agent. Who has been given a mission. And I asked you, does he do much? Because I'm trying to decide, do I want to get this? 
And and I ended up getting it because it, it's that first appearance of the guy. But I asked you, does he do much? And you said, no, he doesn't. But then I'm reading it and I'm thinking, dude, he is going to. He is given a mission that I think might end up being a big part of the, the following issues. He's told uh, they're, they're talking about um, this, you know, Ian Rogers and you know, they, they can't identify him. And he says, collect this mysterious specimen, Agent Ward. Bring him to me unspoiled. And Agent Ward replies with Hail Hydra. And I think we're setting up one of the one of the big conflicts is is having Agent Ward on on Ian Rogers trail. And that's intriguing to me as well. That would be very interesting. So I think probably what's going to happen is I'm going to flip through issue two and see if Ward is a part of things or not. And if he is, I might. It's not a lending him. library, buddy. I know. I know. But I, I, I like to look at my stuff before I buy it. So I know that I'm going to like it or not. For example, Mrs. Deadpool. Uh, is it Mrs. Deadpool's Howling Commandos, I think? Mm-hmm. Not buying it because I flipped through it and saw that even though Deadpool is apparently dead... He's everywhere in that book. Everywhere. Not my book. I'm not getting that one. Hey, what can I say? All right. Well, hey, I think that's no, part two. We're not done yet. Oh, that's right. We're not done yet. Well, no, there, we missed something, Daniel. The cover of S.H.I.E.L.D. makes us say, oh, this is for Daniel. He's got Mockingbird. Hey, girl, all that stuff, right? We're missing a little uh, mention in here. They mentioned my boy. Oh, yes. But Mockingbird is tied into the Man-Thing origin. Yeah, Mockingbird is, is explaining something to one of the... That's why I was telling you you needed to do some education, says, Listen professor. to me. It's not what you think. I, I, I've seen what horrors a lab can wreak. Ever heard of the Man-Thing? Partly my doing. Still working off that karma. Bobby Morse, Mockingbird, part of Man-Thing's origin. I completely forgot about this. Completely forgot about it. But in the Marvel 616 universe, anyway, she is a big part of Man-Thing's origin. So there's that. All right. And and then you were going to mention you got something at your house that I don't have yet. Uh, the trade of issues one through six of Shield. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you did. Mention that. I did mention that, yeah. But yeah, I do have it in my house, and it's here. It's wow, nice. you got those issues. It almost seems like you're double dipping. Maybe we should get rid of those issues you bought. I am getting rid of those issues. How? Well, in an unrelated situation, I'm not going to say how, but I, I do want to mention completely unrelated, uh, or not. We are planning a. Uh, a giveaway. We are planning to do another um, contest. We're not sure exactly what the details of the contest will be, but we have some stuff that we need to basically get a new home for them. A celebration of over a hundred episodes. Yeah, there's uh, there's comics involved. Uh, Shield comics are, are one of those those things, but um, there's some other things. There's some other comics that go outside of the uh, the the actual Shield series. Uh, we have a what, what we're calling it an enhanced blind box 
uh, that comes from a listener actually who gave it to us and we'll talk more about that, but where this box came from and what's inside of it. Um, but it has some extra goodies put inside the box that, that, uh, has some, there's, there's Marvel stuff in there and we're going to be giving that away and not sure exactly the details of what the giveaway will involve, but I'm pretty sure it will involve Facebook pictures and fun. So is that, is that fair to say? There you go. Okay. Works for me. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And the other thing I wanted to mention, Daniel, you know what I pulled out? I pulled out something that you're never going to read probably. Oh. Because I look at the cover and the inside art and I just say, this does not strike me as Daniel's cup of tea. But do you remember that, that series a few years ago? Uh, let's see. 19. Was it back back that long ago? No, we're in 2000 here. 2000, I don't see a date on here. I'm spending too much time looking for a date. Oh, 2005, so only 10 years ago. Um, Nick Fury's Howling Commandos. Do you remember that? Yes. You know, it was the Monster Squad. Mm-hmm. You love that stuff. I do like that kind of stuff. I pulled it out because I'm getting excited about some of the stuff we've got coming out soon. We've got the new S.H.I.E.L.D. series, but then we also have Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hey, I'm going to give it a full try, bud. Hey, man. Dum Dum Dugan. He's he's dealt with monsters before. There's something special about this Dum Dum. It's been spoiled. Yeah. I I think that it's maybe not that important of a secret that they wanted to keep it. Is it safe for me to say it now? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, The original Sins... Tyen Dum Dum Dugan died in the '60s. He's been an LMD since then. Interesting. I mean, he's he it, was an LMD it, when he was chasing Godzilla around. It's true. And now he will be an LMD as he leads the Allen Commandos, which is a nice element. I mean, that's a perfect element. You've, you've got a guy who's leading a team of monsters, and he himself is not completely human. I like it. And to be honest, he kind of sees himself as a monster. Every once in a while, Daniel, something will come along that I become intensely jealous that I couldn't be the person who would get to write such a thing. And, and that would be this. This is definitely one of those where I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is this is made for me. And 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 then what happens is I'll read it and sometimes it'll be so good. I'll just say to myself. Ah, good. I could have never done that good of a job. And and they got the right people. And there are times when I'm I'm just like, oh, I hate this. I should have wrote this. I, I I hate this. They, they don't understand the characters the way I can understand it. I'll just say it. Great Lakes Avengers. I some of the later stuff they did with it, I was just ah, this is ridiculous. This is uh, get off my lawn. Well, get off my lawn. Yeah, I'm keeping your baseball. It's mine Boom. now. So yeah, All right. I, I think that's I think that's a wrap then, Daniel. We have, I think it is too. Uh, we after the credits, we'll talk a little bit about what we're reading with uh, Secret Wars. Is that what we're doing? I think so. Okay. So I want to say thanks for listening and stay tuned. We will get you information about that contest, but we are going to be giving away comics and toys and trinkets in in a box. <laughs> so. How's that for excitement? Woo-hoo. I'm excited. Yeah. When you put it Delicious that way, Ben, let's do two. 
as we think about this contest, mm-hmm. just remember one thing. I will. No one drives Lola but me ever. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Once again, thanks for listening, and remember, welcome to Level 7. It's not just a podcast. It's a magical place. All right. Man, I'm so confused. About what? You're a big Secret Wars fan. Yeah. But yet it took me pushing you into reading Secret Wars before you did it. That's because I'm able to compartmentalize. And if I broaden the car- compartments, then I have to be very careful about how far do I broaden the compartment. I become a completionist. And I want to be careful not to... Oh, you can't complete everything here. Don't do all the battle worlds, buddy. Exactly. And so this is why, okay, I'm going to just allow the Secret Wars to open up just for the main series. Um, Because I do. I have all the Secret Wars 2 issues, all the tie-in issues, the Secret Wars 3 issue that they did for Fantastic Four, um, the Secret Wars 2 What If issue that, that was the end of the second What If series, which is really a pretty good um, uh, story. But yeah, so I, I have to be careful. I mean, I'm looking at my, my Funko Pops, you know, that I have here. I've got Howard, Rocket, and Groot because they're my MCU-ish, you know, animal creatures. I have Coulson, Melinda, um, Nick, and now Agent Carter, because they are my TV people. But if once I start opening floodgates, I, I, I get into a collector's mentality and I, I understand my weaknesses. And so, yeah, you pushed me because you said it was a good story. You didn't push me because you're like, Ben, why aren't you reading this? Blah, 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 blah. It was just, oh, this is really good. I'm really enjoying this. And so that's where, like, okay, if he's enjoying it, I can do the main series. I, I can go along with that. But... That's that's why, Daniel. I am so. So we got you reading it. Yep. And so I'm going to give a very very brief summary. Very very brief. And this is pretty much collecting four issues. Marvel six one six universe is dying due to Earth incursions. Earths are intersecting each other in the multiverse, and one must be destroyed, or both will be. I believe the Ultimate Universe and the 616 are the last two remaining, Mm -hmm. and the world dies. When Earth dies, not everyone, but the survivors emerge on Battle World. Battle World is a planet that has been assembled by Doctor Doom, and it has various pieces of different Earths and realities throughout the multiverse. So, for example, you've got a bunch of Thors, but Thors are the cops of Battle World. 
Um, you have a land that is weird, weird world, which is like fantasy. You've got um, lands that have uh, run by Hydra. You have all these. You've got the the cartoons, the X Men ninety whatever cartoon ninety six. These are all Old Man Logan. The, these are all different places on Battle World. They're basically a country on this planet that is populated by people and characters from different universes represented by all of these different possible worlds. Like old man Logan is a story that is more or less a what if it's, it's a, the end of Wolverine, you know? And so that world is merged into this battle world and you have, um, uh, savage, uh, world of Hulk or whatever the, the planet Hulk rather, uh, you have that, they, its own place. And so you have all these things that come from these other areas uh, and other stories. And so the end result is, is that when they finish this event, they're going to be able to say, okay, we can pick and choose now. Yeah, which what we elements know, it, do we want to use? And so we're going to end up with, I think, a lot of things in the Marvel Comics universe, the actual Marvel Comics universe, that will resemble movie uh, versions of the characters. You're predicting an African-American Nick Fury. That's one of the things, yes. Yeah. So basically this world is ruled and peace is kept by God, Dr. Doom. And Doom and only one other being remembers what happened before. And the peace and security of this world is beginning to be questioned as evidence is being found of existences before Doom's creation. And in the case specifically, there's two life rafts, one which has got a group called the Cabal, which includes Thanos and the Maker, which is an evil version of Reed Richards um, from the Ultimate Universe. And another life raft from Marvel 616, which also has Reed Richards in it, have arrived. And these heroes and villains are beginning to question the re- – not question le- – leading people to question the truth as seen by God, Dr. Doom. Yeah, it, it's, it's upsetting the balance of things. It's, it's – you know, Dr. Doom has this very fragile uh, existence that he's created as no. God. And one and of the things I like about this he, is there's actually one other person who remembers. And that person we would generally see as being in the hero camp. We see Doom as being in the villain camp. And this this one-time hero looks at it and says, only Doom could do this. Only Doom could have helped us survive. And he, he created did so. He, he did so by basically getting the power of the Beyonders, which is godlike beings. And and so he he does. He almost... He, he almost is God. He definitely has godlike powers beyond Odin, beyond the, you know, the Norse gods and the Greek gods. Um, he's one of the most powerful beings to ever exist now. And, but things are becoming unraveled because the cart is being upset. You've got people from previous universes who remember those previous universes coming into the mix. And so the question is, how is this going to play out? So I have two questions for you, sir. Ask me. 
as a Secret Wars aficionado, <laughs> do you enjoy this? I enjoy it, but I don't enjoy it as a Secret Wars aficionado. Oh, How's interesting. Please explain. Well, the story itself is just a good story. It's it's a good story. The uh, the character stuff with Doom is interesting. The character stuff. Yeah, it's fascinating because yeah. again, he's not fully evil. He's not fully good. No, he saved the he saved the world the only way he could. It's 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 basically, um, you know, kind of taking that thought experiment of you're on a raft with a pregnant woman, an old man, a child, and yourself, and only two of you can be saved. Who do you save? You know, and it's a terrible decision to sit back and just practically think about and, you know, but this is what doom did is he brought these elements together from all of these worlds and reform them to rescue and save the, the remnants of what was left left behind. And so his arc, it's very, I'm, I'm very curious where it's going to go, but it, it's, it's a, he's the hero you know he he saved the universes um and then you have 616 reed richards who is the reed richards that we know and love from you know way back in 1960 whatever the fantastic four number one and you have ultimate universe reed richards who i don't know if it's a second reed richards or if that's the Reed Richards, who's from Ultimate Fantastic Four, number that one. That is the Ultimate Fantastic Four, Reed Richards. Okay. He goes villain. And, you know, that's interesting. I don't know how much they're actually going to be interacting with each other. But that's a very interesting component to have those two people still around and with memories of the previous universe. Um, so the setup is interesting. Not so interesting that I really want to go and get all of those tie-in books that tell you, you know, the backstory for the Thors and, you know, that tell you, you know, well, I mean, Hail Hydra, you know, that's, that's the story of, of Arnim Zola's, you know, section of, of battle world. Um, the only one I'm reading is weird world. And I was reading that before you got me to read these secret wars. I was just curious, what are they doing with weird world? Um, and they're not, uh, the answer is not much. It's kind of its own thing. It's just fantasy craziness um, and weird fantasy stuff. But again, the Thors, the murders they're investigating, uh, the murder they're investigating occurred in Weird, weird World because the Thors move around. Yeah. And there's other things in Weird World that were appealing to me as well. Um, and not to me. Yeah. Well, in issue one, they're talking about the man things of the swamp, you know, and yeah. issue number two. They bring back an obscure character that I can't believe. And it's as well, that's, that's Jason Aaron for you as they're revealing who it is. And I'm just like, no, it can't be. It is. It is. And it's actually something from a comic that I'll be reviewing uh, in a couple years for comic book time machine. Um, but I couldn't believe they went there. It was so cool. So cool to me, but it's a fantasy story, you know, and, and I like fantasy comics, uh, you know, high fantasy. Um, so yeah, the secret wars book itself though, I like it enough to want to read. And I also so far don't feel like I'm missing anything by not reading the side stories. Well, you've kind of thrown away my second question, which is, do you think other agents should read it 
It sounds like you enjoy the story and think they should. And I obviously think it is because I pressured you to read yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I got I got lucky too, because I only got one comic from Free Comic Day. And that was because they held it for me. I didn't get to go into my comic shop. It's the only one I got too. Captain for the Canuck. same reason. Captain Canuck? No, never mind. I got Secret <laughs> War Zero. So No, I only got one comic for Free Comic Day, and that was Captain Canuck. They held it back for me. When I went in to purchase Secret Wars 1, 2, and 3, and 4, um, they went in the back of the store and dug out the issue zero for me and, and gave me the free comic day issue zero. So I actually got to sit down and read in one, uh, no, two sittings, but basically you know, one, one reading um, issues zero through four. And it was a compelling read and a fun read. And now I'm mad at you because I have to wait for issue five. Well, I'm mad. And then at I'm going to have to wait Anderson, for issue six. I have to wait for issue five. Yeah. So. Because I binge read them too. But. Because we actually had a fight because I have a variant cover. <laughs> well, I ended, up having, variant cover. I ended up getting a variant cover. Um, but I, I got the buymetoys.com variant cover that they had special made for their store. Um. But I got it on eBay on a good deal, Ben. Okay, well, and I got it off the shelf at cover price. There you go. So, all right, Secret Wars, go check it out, agents. Yeah, it's fun. He's, it's interesting. You know, uh, maybe I should just say, "Be safe, kids. Make good choices." Yeah, sure. Yeah, should I play the uh, comic book time machine end credits? There you go. All right. Do we do a post post credit? No, I'm gonna go to bed.